0: He is risen. He is risen. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, welcome again to uh, Trinity Bible Church. We're glad that you could be here with us. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we say a special welcome. And um, a little bit later on, we're going to just sort of uh, let you know that we we have a little gift for you on your way out. But um, we're going to talk about that later. But we just want to say a special welcome to, uh, to everyone here. Many of you went to the the sunrise service this morning. One of the great advantages of living near the shore is we get to go to the beach to be able to do that and uh, praise God for a beautiful morning. And as Brother Bob said earlier, we get to see the sunrise because the sun has risen. And of course, that is our theme for everything that we do this morning. And uh, so we're going to do things a bit differently this morning in our, in our format, but uh, I'm going to... Um, just share a message with you, uh, of course, about the resurrection story. But it's going to be in two parts. And we're going to have a time of worship celebration in the middle of all that. But um, this morning, of course, is a time where we gather together as the church, as the Apostle Paul calls us, to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the promised Messiah who predicted that he would die in our place. But on the third day, that he would be raised to life. He is our advocate, our great high priest. The one who went before us, who was sacrificed on our behalf. He is the Passover lamb, slain for us. Who rose again, that we might have hope. Hope in this life, and hope of a life to come. But we also know that just two days ago on Friday... We remembered what got us here to Sunday morning. We remembered the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus. We are to remember the cross. Remember our position before salvation. To understand and appreciate the significance of the empty tomb. See, if we're to truly understand what it means to celebrate On resurrection Sunday morning we need to understand that we had to go through the cross we are to remember the cross so I had a very interesting week and you know for uh, for many pastors the the week um, before Easter we have Palm Sunday and then Easter is one of the busiest times of the year and and most exciting and so I also found time to throw my back out on Wednesday and uh, so you notice I'll be sitting most of the time today, but um, I've been going to the chiropractor and getting uh, adjustments and treatment, and and uh, it's slowly getting better. But it was quite debilitating. And the ironic thing is, and perhaps this is that sense of humor of God that we sometimes uh, notice in our lives, that on Wednesday was my birthday and I turned forty-seven, but that was the worst of my pain. Where I was actually hunched over and at one point I had to crawl to go to the bathroom. So here, yeah, oh, I know. But here I was, isn't it ironic that on my birthday, turning 47, I am hunched over feeling like I turned 107. And so I was here at church for a rehearsal for today and of course all of my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ were merciless. And were making fun of me, saying, "Look at the birthday boy walking all hunched over." But you know, um, so I, of course, was able to take advantage of the blessing of uh, going to a doctor, a chiropractor, getting some physical therapy, medicine, natural and otherwise, and and um, just trying to do all that I can to uh, to get back upright, to get back on my feet, and uh, to sort of overcome that. You know, and. This is nothing new for you. This, you know, this is something we all experience from time to time. No matter what body part starts to ache or break down, we recognize that it is part of, uh, it's part of the fall. It's part of our broken world, and we live in these broken bodies. But um, the the doctor that I went to, he said something very interesting to me uh, on Friday, and. I wanted to share it with you because it has everything to do with what we're looking at this morning. And he said these three words to me as I was standing there getting the treatment. He looked at me and he said, remember the pain. He said that to me. He said, remember the pain. Because he was trying to tell me that pretty soon, within a few days, I'd start feeling better and the relief, but that the true healing would take maybe five to six weeks to really to really kick in. And he said, "I want you to be aware of the kind of severe pain you're experiencing right now so that as you then experience the healing that you don't forget and that you always appreciate the healing." Now, of course, I took that spiritually and I'm thinking, "Praise God because you know, it's just like our relationship with God that at that moment of salvation we are healed, but Isn't it Doesn't it take a lifetime process of sanctification to experience that healing, to embrace it? But all the while, especially when things are going very well, to look back and remember the pain, to remember where we came from. In order to celebrate Easter Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday, we need to have gone through the cross. This morning, in two parts, we're going to look at the story of Mary Magdalene. Now, I like to try to get different perspectives on very familiar uh, biblical stories to us. And of course, this being the highlight of our faith, the cornerstone of our faith, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, there's many ways to look at this singular event. But this morning, we're going to look at it through the eyes of one of Jesus' most devoted followers. And that is Mary Magdalene. So we're going to look first in the first part just at her story, trying to get to know her a little better, and then see what are the implications for her perspective on the empty tomb. You see, Mary Magdalene was a very, very influential figure in Jesus' life. She was a devoted follower, perhaps one of the most devoted followers of our Lord Jesus. She was at some point in the past healed by Jesus from seven demons. You remember reading that? That's mentioned in the Gospels. And we often kind of overlook that. There's many things you might think about of Mary Magdalene. But she at one point was demon-possessed, Scripture says, by seven demons nonetheless. And Jesus healed her. Cast out every one of those demons. We don't have a record of what that looked like. We only know it's stated as fact. But yet from that point on, Mary Magdalene was a devoted follower of Jesus. Followed Him all the way from Galilee. It says in Luke 8, just to give you the reference, it says, After this, Jesus had traveled from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with Him, but also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. That's Luke 8, 1 and 2. And that's all we know about that. Mary Magdalene was not a prostitute. Many people think that. It was an unfortunate misinterpretation of Scripture throughout church history. That started about uh, the year 600 with one of the early popes and and kind of just progress, but Mary, there's no indication or evidence whatsoever that she was a prostitute. She was, of course, a devoted follower, along with many other women. Her last name is not Magdalene. She is Mary of Magdala. Magdala was a town on the coast of the Sea of Galilee. Just like there's other Marys in the New Testament. Mary of Bethany. Mary the mother of, right? So there's Mary of Magdala, but they just called her Mary Magdalene. So we have to understand that as well. It's also interesting to note that uh, there's six different Marys mentioned in the New Testament. And actually during the first century uh, in the Middle East there in Palestine, um, Mary was the most common Jewish name for women, Mary. And it comes from the name Miriam. Remember who Miriam was? Moses' sister, right? So it's a derivative of that. So it's actually the most common name. So um, scholars have kind of found out that about 20% of Jewish women uh, in the first century were named Mary. So a very common name. Now, some of you might have a very common name as well. Maybe it's John or Mark or something. And, you know, uh, sometimes that can be a hassle, right? You go to order some food or something happens, they call you. No, it's not you. It's the other five Johns that are in line before you, Right. But Mary was a very common name. And so, of course, you had to distinguish they were. So this is Mary of Magdala or Mary Magdalene. She was also known to be wealthy. She was a woman who had money. Doesn't say where it came from. But she had the ability to help support the ministry of Jesus and his disciples, including herself. Mary Magdalene was at the crucifixion for Lord Jesus. Mary Magdalene was also at his burial when he was put in the tomb. Mary Magdalene was the first at the tomb on Sunday morning. Mary Magdalene was the first person that Jesus appeared to as the risen Lord. Mary Magdalene was a devoted follower of Jesus. She was there every step of the way. In fact, we know from the Gospel records of Mary that she stayed at the empty tomb when the men left. When you saw in that video, that dramatization, she saw it, she went back and she got the disciples and they came and saw the empty tomb and then they left, but she stayed. So when the men left, she stayed and she wept. I want to make a note about that. Also note that the men were the first to leave the cross on Friday and the last to arrive to the tomb. But the women, including Mary Magdalene, were there. Jesus also, it's interesting to note, went to the men. He had to go to the men. You remember in the accounts that there were some that were leaving town, others were in that locked room behind the locked door. But what did the women do? The women sought him out. The women went to him. So she was the first person that Jesus appears to. That is often uh, a note from history that is used to validate the historicity of the resurrection. Because it's been pointed out that if somebody wanted to make up a story of Jesus because his body was missing, of of him actually being resurrected and coming back to life, if somebody wanted to make that up, they would have never during that time period chosen a woman to be the first one he appeared to, to give a testimony. Because unfortunately, at that time, a woman's testimony was not highly regarded or valued. So why on earth would somebody make up this story and choose a woman to be the first there at the tomb and the first one for the risen Lord to appear to? She is also sometimes called the first evangelist. She is the first one to take the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the full gospel, and take it back to the disciples to begin the spread of the news of what had happened. It said that when she was at the tomb and after the other apostles left, the disciples left, she was weeping. That word actually means wailing. She wasn't just quietly sobbing, she was wailing out loud. Why? Because she was a devoted follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So devoted, let's not forget that. What was she doing? going to the tomb on Sunday morning. She was going to anoint his dead body. Even in his death, Mary Magdalene was devoted to her Lord. But of course she got there and noticed that the tomb was empty. It also says that, and we're going to see this in a bit, that what happens is she then sees some angels. Then she hears somebody who she mistakes for a gardener and She turns around and doesn't even recognize until the Lord Jesus calls her name. When she realizes it is Him, it says she clings to Him. She falls at His feet, calls Him Rabboni. Rabboni, my teacher, my rabbi. So Mary Magdalene was certainly a devoted follower. But at that moment, she had lost hope. She was coming to kind of pay maybe her final respects to anoint the body of her fallen master and savior. Confused. Can you imagine what was going through her mind? Confused and not understanding this this person who had exercised seven demons from her and given her new life and new hope, now seemingly had left her forever. She was confused And lost and disheartened. I'm going to ask that the worship team would come up now because what we're going to do is we're going to have a time of worship. We're going to be able to worship the fact that not only was Jesus no longer on the cross, but when Mary Magdalene got there on Sunday morning, the tomb was empty. She had lost hope not still understanding exactly what was going on. But after our time of worship, I'm going to come back and share with you some perspectives of Mary Magdalene and the implications for what it means to us as followers of Jesus Christ to look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the empty tomb, through the eyes of one of his most devoted followers, Mary Magdalene.